After you're done listening to this episode of Locked on Bucks podcast, check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We'd like to welcome in all of our new and our returning listeners. If you're new to the show, welcome aboard. Please subscribe as well as leave a five star review. It helps other Buccaneers fans find us. We got plenty of stuff to go into here on our week-ending episode here at the Locked On Bucks podcast, but we're going to start it off with a, a little transaction. It's not going to be a big transaction. Nothing is going to move the needle on the Richter scale necessarily, but still a move nonetheless. So we are going to talk about it. Get into our first break a little bit earlier before we continue our conversation that I started yesterday about the potential of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trading for Miami Dolphins quarterback Xavier Howard, who has made it interested or made it known that he is looking for a trade. If you missed the first part of that conversation and want to catch up, go back to yesterday's episode that dropped on Thursday, segment two, check that out. And then we will come back here and uh, we got some more responses from some Buccaneers fans, some more votes on the poll there at bucksnation.com. So it'll be interesting to get James's take on that. And I will kind of give my final thoughts. And then we've got a final segment three here. We're talking about wide receivers in the NFC South, but this time it's a divisional foe that is on the, uh, the, the chopping block or on the conversation block as it were. And then, uh, we've got a new member of our fantasy football league, a new manager to enter the fray as we do have an opening after the deadline passed for the original selected participants to uh, to hit us up and, and secure their spot. We had one open spot, so the next person on the randomized list from earlier this last weekend moves up and has a chance to secure a spot in the first ever Locked on Bucks fantasy football league. But James, we're wrapping that all back up. Offensive tackle Calvin Ashley leaves the team and then is subsequently waived. So he was not waived before he left the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, following the last practice. I don't know as of right now what the reason is. I don't think you know what the reason is. Last I really saw was Greg Allman tweeted to somebody asking about it, that sometimes guys know they're not going to make the team, so they just kind of decide to leave. Seems like a bad look for a guy like Calvin Ashley if he really wants to make a career at the NFL. But, hey, maybe he's decided or he's figured out that it's just not in the cards for him, whatever it is, best wishes to him, of course. You don't want to make too many assumptions on what's going on in a person's life. But the Buccaneers do wave him after he leaves the team and then eventually bring on offensive tackle to replace offensive tackle. Chidi Okiki, a former Miami Dolphin. So Miami Dolphin, former out Miami Dolphin, is joining the Buccaneers. It's just not the one that everybody's talking about. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if there's something serious going on and and Calvin Ashley felt that he needed to leave for for some big reasons or whatever it is, obviously, you have to take care of, of yourself. You have to take care of your family, things of that nature. If this was a situation where Calvin Ashley was out of practice, out of training camp, was looking around and said, you know what? I, I, I don't think I'm going to make this team. I'm going to take my ball and, and go home. 
that's a terrible look. You just told 31 other NFL teams that you're a quitter. And if things aren't going your way, you're just going to go ahead and give up before you you fight for a spot on a team. And, and that's not something that other teams are going to want out of their NFL players. Now, were the odds of Calvin Ashley making the team great? No, not at all. You are trying to join a Super Bowl roster with 22 returning starters. Um, it's going to be a, a tough battle and an uphill climb. But if you're willing to put in the work, you might be able to steal one of those bubble spots. But now we'll never know because because he just left again. If this is a serious issue and and something was going on with family, with with close friends, whatever it was, and and he wasn't going to be able to pay attention to any football at all because of a, a matter happening, full support. You know, that's you take care of you and those close to you first and foremost. Um, but yeah, if it if it wasn't something to that level. It's a bad, bad look for somebody trying to make a career in the NFL. Something that's not a bad look, though, David, is uh, when you get a mixed box from Built Bar in the mail. That's right. It's amazing. You know that David and I are huge Built Bar fans, and if you don't know about the flavors that they have, you are missing out. There's coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. And if you haven't tried those flavors, you can get that mixed box that I just talked about. And you're going to get two of each of those flavors that I just mentioned. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, they're healthy too. Each bar will contain 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, four to five grams of sugar, and four to five grams of net carbs in each bar amazing flavors all tasty all healthy go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 to receive 15 percent off your order again promo code locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d one five for 15 percent off at built.com Segment two here, ending the week at the Locked On Bucks podcast. David Harrison and James Jarko on Twitter at dharrison 2 at jarko underscore bucks. The show, Locked On Bucks, at Locked On Bucks on Twitter. And James, I'm sure you listen to it because you always listen to every episode that you're not on, but I had a, a fairly extensive conversation about the situation brewing between the Miami Dolphins and Xavier Howard. Part of it was about contract negotiations and rights and, and the balance between teams and players and, and how they both manipulate contracts. Part of it was just kind of about the general idea that the Buccaneers could possibly add a player of Xavier Howard's, you know, uh, stature or whatever you want to call it. There are obviously some issues. Uh, salary cap is obviously going to be an issue. Um, you know, whether or not you want to add him to the roster and, and this group specifically is going to be an issue. And then whether or not you like Xavier Howard in general, somebody out there is bound to think he's just an overrated guy, not as good as everybody says he is. Uh, we put the vote up to Bucks Nation. I wrote it up for BucksNation.com, put it up Wednesday night. Um, as of the time of this recording, or at least the last time I looked at the article, it's got about 700 votes, which is pretty good. 51% of those voters saying yes, they would make an offer for Xavier Howard. 17% of them flat out saying no. 32% saying they don't have the salary cap space, which I put in the article. And again, quoting the Wolf of Wall Street, uh, the salary cap is Fugazi. It's fake. It's make-believe. It's fairy dust. It doesn't exist. But we appreciate everybody who voted. So really, to me, the kind of way I'm looking at this is about 83% of the voters 
are interested in Xavier Howard because only 17% know the rest of them said either yes, or they don't have the cap space. Well, if your answer is they don't have the cap space, then it doesn't mean you're not interested in the player. It just means you don't think the finances can work. And we got a couple quotes here that I pulled from the Bucks nation comments that I wanted to share. We got more than these, but these two kind of, I, they kind of stood out to me and they're, they're counterpoints to each other. So first uh pirate 25, a reader there at bucksnation.com wrote quote, hard pass. He signed a five-year extension to become the highest paid cornerback played on it for one year, then demanded a raise. He has also missed a ton of time due to injuries. This guy would be worse than when we traded for Revis. He is not consistent enough to get a huge payday and anything else would be, he will be insulted by. I think he already injured in air quotes uh, himself after one mandatory practice, just the absolute last thing you want on a team trying to repeat end quote. So obviously pirate 25, not a fan of the idea versus reader named liquid l-i-k-u-i-d who wrote quote i definitely would if we don't have to let go of the current starters but i don't see why we can't just make him cornerback one and the other split time yes they played great towards the end but let's not forget they can still be consistent don't forget versus washington slash heineke as well as many other times during the season our pasty giving up big yards in big games getting Xavier would be crazy good for the defense we would have a shutdown backfield with a scary front line and linebackers Pretty much top tier on all levels of the defense at that point. Our weakness was our secondary. They have great potential, but are still young and inconsistent. Howard could help those current guys as well as solidify the cornerback position. End quote. So, James, those are the latest that we've heard from the readers. Uh, some other Twitter responses that I read on the show yesterday. But now we're back together. So let's give our thoughts first. Let's start with you. What are your thoughts about what the fans have said, what the readers and listeners have said? And then, of course, what you think about the the possibility of the Buccaneers talking with the Dolphins about adding Xavier Howard to an already Super Bowl caliber roster. I mean, I I guess I kind of agree with what most people are are saying, and that is, you know, yeah, you reach out and you pursue a trade, and and he would add a lot to the back end of the defense. Personally, I'm going to say, you know, if if I were to vote in this poll. I would vote no. And I understand that salary cap is part of it. You know, they've been borrowing from future years, you know, and, and, you know, Matthew McConaughey, it's Fugazi, it's Fugazi. It doesn't exist. But in a sense, it does, it does still exist. They can find a way to make it work. Undoubtedly they can, because that's, that's the portion of the salary cap that doesn't exist is you can, mold it and bend it and and make it conform to your will as you need to my big question is who from the buccaneers is the odd man out if Xavier howard comes in and i understand that helps your depth because you're you're an injury away from having you know a, a ross cockrell being your your starting corner but if Xavier howard comes in who's who's the odd man out is it Sean Murphy Bunting, who finished last year on an absolute tear. It's not going to be Carlton Davis. He's your number one corner. So is Jamel Dean relegated as, to uh, a bench spot and, and being a role player now when he's looking fantastic? Yeah, this is a, a trio of corners that can be with the Bucks for a long time and be a problem in the NFL for a long time. And if you bring in a guy like Xavier Howard, that kind of disrupts the chemistry that they've already developed. 
So it's nothing personally against Xavier Howard. I think he's a phenomenal quarter and whatever team he goes to is getting a pro bowl, all pro caliber player. I just don't want to screw up what they already have going in Tampa in this unit that has grown and matured and, you know, developed together to one of the better units in the NFL. Yeah. And I, I mean, I certainly, and I certainly get that thought process, you know, and, and uh, I thought it was just interesting to see just how many people said, obviously, yes, you add a guy of his caliber. And then some people said, obviously, no, you don't add anybody. You don't mess with what you already have. And both ideas have a lot of merit. And, and there's a lot of logic behind both ideas. There's, you know, there was a, a Bucks Nation reader who, who, uh, and, and use and, and weaponize the saying or the cliche, don't fix what ain't broke, right? And, and there's there's some some thought process to that, but there's also another cliche, uh, especially in sports, which is never get comfortable, right? And, and the idea is you always try to get better. Like you draft Joe Tryon because you have the ability to get better in the depth in your pass rushing uh, uh, set and, and your outside linebacker groups. You draft Kyle Trask because you have the ability to get better in depth at the quarterback position and then potentially set your franchise up for the future. And going out and potentially trading for a player like Xavier Howard does a lot of those, both of the combination of things. You're improving your depth. Why? Because Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy bunting are automatically now your third and fourth corners. Now, I agree with you. The problem you're going to have there is who's the third and who's the fourth. Uh, I think the answer there, honestly, is going to be it depends on the matchup and it depends on the scenario. You know, if, if you're if you're between the 40s, you know what I mean? If you're between the 40s or between the 30s even, then maybe you put Jamel Dean out there if you need a little bit more speed and a little bit less physical, a little bit less length. But if you're inside the 20 or you're, you're playing a guy, you're playing against a, a receiver, that third receiver or second receiver, whatever it is, that maybe has a little bit more length but not as much speed, you put Sean Murphy Bunting out there. Really what it does is it gives you that versatility and that ability to kind of match piecemeal kind of together. Okay, for this matchup, we're going to play this way. For this one, we're going to play this way. And that's kind of right there inside of Todd Bowles's wheelhouse. So there's a lot of of room to, to make things more versatile. I think where, where most people who say no to the potential of adding a guy who is, is an all-pro caliber cornerback when he's healthy, and there is some, some validity to the fact that he has had injury problems throughout his career, but when he's healthy, he's an all-pro caliber cornerback. Now, does he give up receptions? Yeah, he gives up receptions. Does he gives up t- touchdowns? Yes, of course he gives up touchdowns. But listen, everybody's got to remember, the cornerback, the secondary, is very, very, very dependent on the defensive front. And when you don't have the greatest defensive front in front of you, I don't care who you are. I don't care how great of a defender you are in the secondary. You're going to give up receptions. You're going to give up touchdowns because you are the defender. You're constantly in a state of reacting instead of being proactive versus the defensive front who is trying to be proactive. So this young secondary has the benefit of playing with a really, really great defensive front while guys like Xavier Howard don't necessarily have that. So when they make a name for themselves in the league, despite not having the best pass rush in front of them, you kind of tend to pay attention a little bit more. So if I'm the Buccaneers, would I go have the conversation? Absolutely, I would go have the conversation. I would call up the Miami Dolphins. I would say, hey, look, Xavier doesn't want to be there anymore. I know Coach Brian Flores came out on Thursday and said, we're going to try to make it work anyway. We want him here, all that other stuff. Anybody saying that he's a drama case, listen, this is a guy who's been with this team for a, for a good amount of years. He said in his statement that he's been asking the Dolphins to come to the table and talk with him about improving his pay, improving his situation, not even necessarily asking for more money over the top, asking for just more guaranteed money on his current contract. That's not, that's not asking for a pay raise. 
that's asking to be protected against things like injury and all that stuff because he's going out there and balling out for the team. So he's not even necessarily asking for more money from the team, and he's been rejected. And it's taken all this time. And even though now he's publicly coming out and saying, yes, I asked for a trade instead of letting it leak, he's also at practice and he's at training camp working with the team. So, I mean, as far as dramatic situations go, there are a litany of players who have done this much more dramatic than Xavier Howard would. I don't know what, honestly, I can say, James, I'm not sure what the Dolphins would ask for. I'm not sure what I'd be willing to give up. I would be willing to give up draft capital because you're obviously going to give Xavier a new contract. That's where the cap management comes in. And he's a guy that you can have as a starter on your team, along with Carlton Davis, for years on end. It probably means the departure of Sean Murphy Bunting or Jamel Dean at one point in time. That's probably going to happen. JPP and Dominican Sue probably not coming back next year. And you're probably losing either Ryan Jensen or Alex Kappa. But there's no guarantees that a lot of those things aren't going to happen anyway. You know what I mean? Just because of the way the business works. So... I'm going to use another cliche, and that is don't coach scared. Well, don't GM scared. So if I'm Jason Light, I'm at least going to have the conversation, see what they want. For those who don't want the Bucks to do this, James, ESPN pinning the Texans, Cardinals, Cowboys, Chargers, and Jets as the top five teams most likely to land Xavier Howard. So good news for them as uh, the Buccaneers not on that list. Things up here on a Friday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison at JRCO underscore Bucks at D Harrison 82. We're going to wrap things up here talking about somebody else in the NFC South, uh, a particular player that I tend to talk a lot of smack about because um, I feel he's earned it. But there's a situation brewing in New Orleans and uh, it starts with Michael Thomas. Now, David, we are going to go to your favorite radio and podcast host, Pat McAfee, to talk about the situation. And then we're going to give our thoughts before announcing the uh, latest invitee to the Locked on Bucks Fantasy Football League. So here is uh, is the Pat McAfee show, courtesy of YouTube and Sirius XM Radio. And then they have to decide, like, okay, we can get another surgery right now to fix this, but if we keep waiting, it's going to get too long. We're going to miss too much. And then they make a decision to do another surgery. Then they start the rehab process over as opposed to just lingering on and never getting right. I thought that was what had to have happened with Michael Thomas, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, coming into a season after last year was a bit disappointing. I didn't lose to Tampa. Tampa's going to be awesome. Drew Brees is gone, and he was hurt last year. So you would think that that would be the case. Sean Payton addressed the, the Michael Thomas situation yesterday. It doesn't sound like it is a kumbaya, Donna. Nope, nope. It doesn't sound like it's a, hey, we're, we're all in this thing and on the same page together. It didn't seem like that at all. Go ahead and run this thing, Foxy. Well, look, it appears we're going to have to spend some time without him. Um, it's disappointing, and we'll work through it with the, the other players that are here. Um, but the surgery took place, and obviously uh, – you know, we would have liked that to have happened earlier than later. And and quite honestly, it should have. Can you explain? I mean, was there a lack of communication in between? Nope. Or? nope. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, there was no lack of communication. I'm going to leave it at that. So does this mean that Michael Thomas didn't want the surgery, thought he could rehab it back, and then they realized, like, no, no rehab would be able to fix whatever you have. You were going to have to get surgery, and it was just a disagreement, a miscommunication, a I feel I don't need surgery. I can rehab through this. My physical therapist feels like we have a plan that we can get through this. 
uh, and the the Saints go, well, we think you should have a surgery. And is is there a mistrust there? Is there uh, is there just two differing opinions that ended up coming to a head? And now Sean Payton visibly frustrated with the situation, maybe, or was there a you you situation yeah. that led to this whole thing? I I think this is something to watch, especially because Michael Thomas is so good at football and the new orleans saints are going to look very different this year you would hope that although kamar is there you'd also have your number two guy basically on your entire offensive weapons fit or at least saying something like hey you know that we have to cut damn near half of our entire team like we need you week one no matter what you got to be ready because we don't have sanders anymore i think i saw their uh their third wide receiver suspended for something Uh, and we got a new quarterback like if you're not on the field our offense might be So again, that was Pat McAfee and the boys talking about Michael Thomas and David, before I kick it over to you, I saw somebody tweet out um, kind of uh, summing up New Orleans Saints training camp. Mm -hmm. QB one is retired. Wide receiver one is hurt. Wide receiver three is probably suspended. Tight end one and tight end two are gone. Defensive tackle one is suspended. Defensive tackle two and defensive tackle three are gone. Cornerback one might get suspended. Cornerback two is gone, and we don't have a kicker, but we have two punters. Mm -hmm. Wow. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah. I mean, listen, we've all kind of said that the Saints kicking the can down the road. Eventually, they were going to catch up to that can, and it was going to be rusty and and jagged edge, and it was going to cut them up, and it seems to be cutting them up right now. Uh, but, you know, on this topic alone, just the whole Michael Thomas thing, I've already seen some comparisons to Scottie Pippen. Uh, I've seen people calling him selfish. And I know that you're not a Michael Thomas fan, but here's here's how I look at this situation. OK, and it's it's kind of similar to the Xavier Howard situation where, you know, people want to tell players you sign the contract, you play the contract, you get paid what you agree to because you as a grown individual agree to that contract. And that's fine. But for me, that's that's fine. As long as the owners are also meeting that same standard, they're also grown adults. They also signed a contract. They also agreed to parameters. But what happens year in and year out, teams cut loose contracts and they get away from them and they do it without penalty. They do it without issue. Meanwhile, this guy who signed a contract and is expected to live out the duration of that contract is now on the street looking for a job, et cetera. The the trade-off is not fair between owners, GMs, NFL franchises, and players. And players are starting to get a little bit sick of it. When you look at Michael Thomas, what the what what Sean Payton basically is saying here, James, is, hey Mike, you got injured on our time. You got you 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 this this entire thing happened on our time. Now that you're on your time, your vacation time, which is the off season for these players, they do have to work out. They got to stay in shape and all that stuff. Got it. But by and large, this is when they get to travel. This is when they get to spend more time with their families. This is their time to just relax, not be in the NFL limelight unless they want to be and be in front of the cameras and all that stuff. This is their time. What Sean Payne is saying is that, Michael Thomas, you got injured on our time. We want you to heal on your time so that when you come back to us on our time, we can get every drop out of you that we can. Oh, by the way, we're not paying you to do that though on your time that's just coming out of your time and time is the most valuable resource all of us have because guess what most of these contracts and i would be willing to bet that michael thomas's agent is good enough that michael thomas's contract has this these guarantees are guaranteed against injury so michael thomas comes back reports to the team checks in gets his surgery he's got his surgery says hey i'm gonna be out for you know a month maybe more because of the surgery he's getting paid and now he is healing on saints time and that's what has the saints bothered is that he didn't sacrifice his own personal time 
not getting paid for it, to heal from something that happened on Saints time. All right, now think about your job out there, guys. If you got injured, if you have an issue work-related, and your job were to say, well, here's your paycheck for dealing with that work-related problem, but hey, by the way, all the ramifications of this, we need you to deal with that at home on your own time. Okay, you're, in fact, you're gonna use vacation time to deal with that problem. Cool, you go with that, so make sure you come back to work the next shift that you have, ready to go. Deal with that on your own. Don't deal with that on company time. Nobody here would do that. Nobody listening to this show would do that. So I don't expect NFL players to do it either. And what makes this situation even worse for Sean Payton to come out and talk about it the way that he is, James, is do you know when Michael Thomas got hurt? Uh, wasn't it? Didn't it all stem from the week one? Game? It was Wait. week one, September yeah. 2020. The New Orleans Saints had a win in the bag against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Sean Payton was trying to run up the stinking score, keeping his star receiver and his star quarterback in there late in the game, trying to add some more points on top of it. And Michael Thomas got rolled up on in a, in a pile of players, of defenders, and got his ankle injured. That's what caused this entire thing from the jump. So for Sean Payton to do that, and then for Michael Thomas to go through trying to play through the injury and everything else, and then for him to expect Michael Thomas to take his own time, his own off time that he earned, right? I got it. A lot of people, the NFL players are spoiled. They have so much time off that, uh, listen, he earned that career. He went out there, wasn't given to him. He earned that career, okay? Because he didn't choose to sacrifice his own off time to satisfy Sean Payton's expectations on what happened because he made a bad coaching decision on, on the clock. Now Michael Thomas is the bad guy? No, and let me tell you something. This is Keyshawn Johnson's nephew that he's talking about here publicly. This is not a good look for Sean Payton. It's not a good look for the Saints. And it may not go well for the future of this star player and that organization. Yeah, and I, I realize that I like to talk a lot of smack about Michael Thomas. I will never deny that he's an incredibly talented individual. I, I give him grief because it seems like all he does is run slant routes. And, and he, you know, he does it well. He does it you know, with high volume, high catch percentage. And lots and lots of yards and, and, and touchdowns and, and good for him. But Sean Payton is one of the absolute worst people I have ever seen. And for him to act the way he did in, in that presser and his body language and his tone and everything about it. Now, I can sit here and say, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they never would have done something like this. And if they did, Bruce Arians would not have reacted the way Sean Payton did. But I understand your point that this was an injury caused by essentially Sean Payton's ego. And he wants to like you, like you, it was a perfect comparison. It was the Scottie Pippen. He, he expected Michael Thomas to sacrifice his own off time, his own personal time to adhere to the Saints schedule instead of doing this on the Saints time. It happened under the Saints watch. You know, it's going to be healed under the Saints watch. I get it. Um, it's not a great look as far as team camaraderie and, and, and all that stuff. But again, we're a pro player podcast here. You talked about it in the earlier segment of, you know, guys, you know, trying to get paid. You talked about 
you know, how it, it's if the player wants the contract honored or improved, he's selfish, but the GM can cut it at the drop of a hat and, and ownership is not held to the same standard. All of that's true. So as much as it pains me to say this, I'm kind of on Michael Thomas's side in this whole thing, but it's hard to not be on Michael Thomas's side when it's Michael Thomas versus Sean Payton and Sean Payton <laughs> is just the absolute worst. <laughs> yeah. And, and listen, if Michael Thomas had decided to do the surgery, you know, in February after they're eliminated from the playoffs and spend his spring and early summer rehabbing so that he could be ready for training camp, that's fine. That's his prerogative. You know what I mean? And I agree. Like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, all that stuff, like they probably would have gone ahead and done that because that's that's the guys that they are. And and that's perfectly fine if they're choosing to do so. But just I think just people need to understand that these players get paid during the season. They get paid to play and they don't get paid to rehab when it's outside the season. So if they're rehabbing, unless there's like a special clause in somebody's contract, but again, every contract differs to a certain extent. So that's just where I'm coming from is Sean Payton publicly coming out here and, you know, he can try to say what he wants as far as, oh, I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. Dude, you just called out your star wide receiver, okay, is, is what you did. And you basically just said that he's being selfish without saying the words he's being a selfish person. And honestly, like, honestly, if, if, if Michael Thomas is sitting there saying, you know what, guys, I would have this surgery, but I'm going to wait and I'm going to have it later so that I can heal a little bit while we find out what's going to happen with this whole Jameis Winston Taysom Hill post Drew Brees situation. And then I'm going to decide if maybe that surgery didn't get aggravated and maybe I'm going to miss a little bit more time. Honestly, guys, these guys have such short careers. And again, these franchises chew them up, spit them out and forget about them. Honestly, if Michael Thomas was doing that, it's a little shady, but I really wouldn't even hate him for it. No, no, I wouldn't either. You gotta, you gotta make the most of, of what you can in the short time that you have in these leagues, you know, to, to take it over to the, the realm of hockey before we get out of here, David, because, you know, I love to do that. Blake Coleman, big part of, um, the lightning's back-to-back cup run he goes off and he gets a six-year deal for almost five million dollars per year in calgary he got his championships go get your bag young man you have a short amount of time to get to play in a professional hockey league you you know get paid when you can because you never know if the next game could potentially be your last speaking of leagues david real quick have to announce the newest invitee we did as you said have one person not respond by the deadline so the replacement player that we are sending an invite to is somebody who actually frequently reaches out to us with questions and comments and that is kendall at jet underscore setter life go ahead and send us an email uh, whether you are going to accept the spot in the league or if you're going to pass it on to the next person. But, David, when is the, the deadline for that? We need that by Sunday at noon. Is that is that what we were Yeah, Sunday at noon because we're going to record. We record earlier on Sundays than we do other days. So Sunday at noon, we need that confirmation from Kendall. Uh, he, he said before that he listens to every episode or almost every episode. So I guess we're going to find out if that's true. Ooh, the pressure's on, Kendall. Go ahead and send that to lockedonbuckspodcast@gmail.com. As for the rest of everybody else, you know where you can find us over at bucksnation.com. Send us your voicemails and emails 813-444-5841 on lockedonbuckspodcast@gmail.com.
Uh, follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at harris 82 and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, and 